Hey everyone, welcome to the Sunny Go One Piece podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about anime episodes 40 through 42, which will be covering manga chapters 86 through 92. We will be talking about Sanji and Usopp getting their turns at fighting off Arlong pirate leaders as they all are still trying to free Luffy from the water so that he can take on Arlong himself. So, synopsis The battle against Arlong pirates continues with Sanji and Usopp taking on the remaining leaders, Kurobi and Chu, in an effort to save Luffy from the water. Nami, meanwhile, arrives at Arlong Park, resolved to go against Arlong and believe in Luffy and the Straw Hats this time. With the help of Genzo and Nojiko, Sanji and Zoro are finally able to free Luffy for him to face off against Arlong. So, differences. Not too many changes in these episodes, although there is one consistent difference throughout this entire set of episodes, and that's the blood. It's been considerably toned down from the manga, as well as sometimes completely removed. As you can imagine, this set of episodes with so much、um, heavy combat, especially with Arlong and all of his sharp teeth and all the stabbing he does, Luffy does sustain a lot of wounds, as well as Sanji and Usopp both get wounded pretty badly as well. And then obviously, Zoro is just losing like all of his blood. And there's still some blood in these episodes, but it's definitely nothing compared to what's shown in the manga. So, the first real difference is there was a continuity error in the manga actually that they fixed in the anime with Sanji's shoes. In the manga, he doesn't have his shoes on while he's in the water, but when he gets back on land to finish off Kurobi, he magically has them back on and he beats Kurobi with his shoes on in the manga. But in the anime, they fix this and keep his shoes off until after he frees Luffy and puts his shoes back on. And then another really minor change is during the Usopp versus Chu fight, when Chu kicks that tree that Usopp is hiding behind. In the anime, it breaks cleanly, almost like it was cut by a chainsaw or something. But in the manga, it actually breaks and shatters, and the shards cut Usopp on the back, making him bleed a little bit more. And this is, I guess, one of those ways that they cut down on the blood. But it, I did always find it weird in the anime that it just cuts off so cleanly whenever Chu breaks or kicks that tree. And like I said, there were only a few differences, so let's just jump right into the thoughts. Starting this episode off, we jump right back into Sanji vs. Kurobi. This is another awesome fight, but unlike Zoro vs. Hachi, this fight is pretty tense all the way through and has almost no comedy. It's pretty much all suspense, tension, and epicness. Which I think is the right call for Sanji's first Straw Hat Pirate Crew fight to establish that he is a force to be reckoned with when it comes to the crew's strength. Whereas Zoro already has established his badassery and it allows him more flexibility to be portrayed in a lighter way, it's a nice ebb and flow with Sanji's more serious fight sandwiched between these two more comedic fights with Zoro and Usopp. I really like the way this fight is directed. It sets the tone as a far more serious and dangerous situation. It's almost like a horror movie with the position of the camera in certain scenes, and it creates this amazing tension. And with how the music and the scene direction is done, it creates this almost scary atmosphere, especially that moment where Kurobi is suddenly shown to be looming over Sanji. As he's desperately trying to get back to the surface to breathe. It's also a brutal fight, and that part where Kurobi launches Sanji down to crush his insides with the sudden change in water pressure always stood out to me as he's, as he's just spewing out blood when he gets to the bottom. 
And I actually think that this is one of those scenes where it does benefit to have the anime. And because this scene is much better in the anime than in, than it is in the manga. As the manga does, it's, it's limited by what it can do without the lighting and the music as well as the sort of dynamic cameras. It's also great to see that it's Sanji's cleverness and his knowledge of fish that ends up securing him the victory which makes total sense. As a sea cook, he would know everything there is to know about fish. The finale to this is so awesome to see. Throughout the fight, Kurobi is just talking crap about Sanji's code of chivalry and his lack of strength. After taking a beating underwater, when they get to the surface finally, Sanji immediately lays on the hurt with the flurry of kicks named after cuts of meat in French that come so fast Kurobi can't even react to them and his stunned and helpless face is so satisfying as Sanji finishes them off with this new signature move called the mutton shot which in the anime I will say played out differently than I had originally pictured in my head. Not to say it's worse, it's just different. In the manga I pictured it being more of this explosive hit with more of an impact but the anime opts for a more subdued impact but highlighting its destructive force in the aftermath of it. I like them both. Then there's the classic finishing line, I guess he didn't need dessert. Like, seriously, I mean, that's right there is just enough said. That's such a classic Sanji line. Following right up is Usopp versus Chu. Pretty much, you all know how much I love Usopp, and this fight adds to that growing affection even more. I mean, let's be real here. We all want to be Luffy, Zoro, or Sanji, but in reality, if we were in these types of situations, we would all be Usopp, trying to stay alive more than anything. But that's exactly why this fight is so compelling. We know better than any of the characters what Usopp is feeling, so when he comes to the realization of just how shameful he feels, we understand that better than, say, Sanji's code being disrespected or Zoro's pride being trampled over. I like that we see Usopp take another huge step towards his dream of becoming a brave warrior of the sea when he tells himself that ever since he left Syrup Village to be a pirate that he should have committed to a life full of danger and left a peaceful life behind and seeing what it really means to live a life on the seas. You have to be brave, willing to sacrifice and not be afraid of death and hold true to your beliefs as we flash through everyone he's interacted with so far, displaying those qualities and what he's lacking, and he realizes that he needs to step it up here. And so triumphantly, Usopp gets up, declaring to Chu the fight's not over yet. He takes on Chu once again, but gets beat immediately. However, Usopp recovers and starts pushing the fight towards his pace with all these hilarious attacks. And the Usopp rubber band will always be one of my favorite favorite attacks of his especially during his barrage of Usopp hammers it sneaks in there and it's too funny how it just goes from Usopp hammer Usopp hammer Usopp wagum and then continues with Usopp hammer and with that the leaders of the Arlong pirates are all down also if you haven't noticed it yet this pretty much sets up the crew battle format that Zoro will take on the swordsman, Sanji will always take on the physical brawler, and Usopp will take on the projectile-based enemy. And this kind of follows through throughout the rest of the series to some changes overall, but it's pretty predictable in the matchups that get set up later on. But it's always fun to see that, like, oh, this is this guy's going to be Zoro's opponent, this is going to be Sanji's opponent. Um, it's always really fun to see that. Although he, Oda does sometimes mix it up for us. And those are always fun too. However, getting back from Usopp's fight, we find that in their beat-up state, Zoro and Sanji are no match 
fights for Arlong and are quickly taken down. With Nami arriving, Arlong gives her an ultimatum. If she quietly returns to Arlong, he'll at least spare the people of Kokoyashi village, but not the Straw Hats. This decision obviously causes Nami a lot of anguish, but I love that after some struggling, she puts her faith in Luffy and the others and asks the village people to die with her. And of course, everyone is more than okay with following Nami after what she's given up for them. I love this scene that Nami, the most cynical of the characters who's never put her faith in anyone other than herself, has decided to put all her faith in Luffy, even at the sight of Zoro and Sanji defeated. She still has faith, and what a powerful and dramatic change for Nami that has been building ever since we were introduced to her, and it's precisely this buildup of why this moment is so impactful and important to Nami's character. And I would say, of the five straw hats so far, Nami is the central core, I think, in terms of character progression. Obviously, Luffy is the main character, and we follow his journey, but I think it's the emotional buildup of Nami's story, and she has the greatest character development throughout the whole East Blue arc. And this moment is one of those culminating moments. Just as Nami makes her decision, she's immediately rewarded with the resurrection of Luffy and all that's left is to remove the concrete rock on his feet. Zoro again gets another badass moment as he gets up once more and tells Sanji he can buy him 30 seconds to break the rock. It's moments like this why Zoro is my favorite character and why he's so popular. There's also something about how relieved and excited Nami is when Zoro gets back up and you can just feel the relief that he's still okay relatively that's of course but that she's relieved that even after everything she's done to him and all the distrust he will still fight for her and it's pretty much all in that line delivery when she says Zoro and then a similar thing happens when Usopp also shows up she's also happy and relieved when Usopp arrives triumphantly all the way in the back behind a wall to provide support. I love the comedic levity Usopp brings to this entire section with him trying to provide meaningless support from all the way behind the wall. And so much happens at this moment, with Sanji in the water and Zoro left to hold off Arlong with barely anything left in the tank, creating this insane tension. But then you have Usopp trying to help with, with the Usopp rubber band making another appearance, but I love the way this scene is directed as Usopp is more of an afterthought, and Arlong just completely ignores him and talks right over him. I laugh out loud every time at that joke. It's just so seamless how Arlong just completely talks over him without even paying him any mind. The best is that there's another component to this joke in that Hachi has regained consciousness but is actually fooled by the Usopp rubber band and is standing there with his eyes closed, scared of the rubber band incoming. I swear the mileage Uda gets on out of this one rubber band joke is genius, to be quite honest. And it's it shows back up later on in the series too, so keep an eye on that. Hachi then jumps in the water to stop Sanji, while Zoro is helpless to stop him with his hands full with Arlong. Zoro is quickly overwhelmed and is toyed by Arlong, but then there's that scene where he rips off Zoro's torso bandages to reveal his wound from Mihawk, which are even worse than imagined. Arlong seeing Zoro's determined eyes even at death's doorstep. Interestingly, he sees the same potential Mihawk saw in Zoro 
But unlike Mihawk, who was excited for this, Arlong sees this potential as a terrifying prospect and determines that Zoro needs to be killed right now or he'll be a problem in the future. I just thought this was a nice little scene that keeps up the minor story thread continuity. And it's cool to see the perspective of Zoro's potential from two vastly different people that come to two very different conclusions. With some brief obstacles from Hachi, Sanji finally manages to get the concrete off of Luffy's feet. And this scene will never not make me laugh inappropriately because of Genzo and Luffy screaming at each other, Is it coming? It's coming! And with Luffy screaming, And just the way the camera is positioned and just the way it zooms in on each of their faces, it's... I know it's immature, but it's just too funny. But once the main hero returns to the battlefield, there's this overwhelming joy and excitement. And this is a tried and true staple of the shonen anime genre. This type of moment is something every series does so well because it's one of those moments where it's incredibly epic, cool, and cathartic, relieving, and exciting. You can throw in whatever adjective you want because that's what it is. I mean, you have moments like Goku arriving to save Gohan from Nappa... You have Naruto arriving in sage mode to fight off pain or Ichigo showing up with a new Bankai. It's, they all have them and they're all freaking awesome. And that's the one thing that shonen anime is so well known for. Some of them overuse it a little bit, <laughs> Bleach. Um, but when they're done right, they are amazing moments. And while all the other anime series do them well, Luffy's entrances always have this extra bit of fun and joy associated with them no matter how dire the situation. Nothing exemplifies this more than Luffy showing up and then immediately throwing Zoro away to save him. (laughs) I love that the story allows for this. I mean, how Zoro one minute can have this intense stare down fighting off death while he's being choked out by Arlong. And then the next, he has this comedic worried face as he knows exactly what's about to happen to him. And it's the best how you can have both and it doesn't seem weird at all. And we finally get Luffy beginning his fight. So Luffy starts off by warming up with a barrage of his best known moves that we've all seen beat up all his previous enemies. However, they do nothing to Arlong. And just to remind us, what that the danger is still there even with after this happy and cathartic moment and it shows us that Arlong is just on a whole other level than anyone we've faced so far as intense as this fight is build it's still full of so much comedy between him and Arlong making light of almost every intimidating thing Arlong says or does which makes this fight fun to watch despite its overall flaws And I'll go into more detail about my issues with this fight later. But I just like Luffy's hilarious and honest, straightforward counters and responses to anything Arlong says or does. Like what the difference between humans and fishmen are or how Arlong mentions his jaw can break rocks. But then Luffy just straight up responds by saying you can break rocks easily with a multitude of other ways. I also like when he's caught and is about to get his head bit off. He just uses his rubberness to pull his head out of the way. (laughs) And like the creativity and humor that's displayed in this fight is completely unmatched in any other shonen battle. Going back to Luffy's comedic fighting style, he goes on to put on a set of Arlong's teeth and tries to bite Arlong back. Then as he staggers and exclaims, how do you like the taste of your own teeth? And then imitates Arlong's laugh with the sha I bring this up because this is the first in a long running trend of very distinct and unique laughs that many of the villains and rival pirates have. And I always have fun seeing what kind of ridiculous laugh Oda gives to his villains. And you'll see what I'm talking about as the series goes on. 
But this is the very first, I think the very first instance of this sort of very unique laugh. And you'll know what I'm talking about every time it happens. Also, another minor note here about the translation in the Netflix version. I'm not sure why they felt the need to change the name of Arlong's attacks as they're already in English, but they change Arlong's tooth gum attack to tooth attack and the shark on darts attack to just shark darts. To me, this is just kind of takes away from the uniqueness and creativity, even though the names themselves don't make much sense in terms of actual translating, I guess. But I just feel like I, I like shark on darts better than just shark darts or tooth gum better than tooth attack. Like tooth attack just sounds boring. Anyways, that's just a minor rant. The fighting then continues until they reach the top of Arlong Park and into Nami's old room where she was kept and forced as a child to make maps. I'll talk about this moment a lot more on the next episode as I want to talk about it as a whole because there's a far more important moment still yet to come regarding this room and the episode actually just ends right there. So I'll save this discussion for the next episode. So going back to what I mentioned earlier about my issues with this fight, I wanted to take a moment here to mention my criticisms about it from a story perspective and from a technical perspective as well. So from a story perspective, I always felt this was a weak fight and not the weakest by any means, but in the East Blue Saga, comparatively to the stakes, I would say it is the weakest. Obviously, I think this fight is still better than Buggy or Kuro, just looking at a straight comparison. But when you take into account that this is the final quote-unquote boss, essentially of the East Blue Saga, it just kind of lacks that epicness in terms of fight choreography and tension level. I would have loved to see more exciting sequences and a bit more back and forth, as well as Luffy having a lot more difficulty fighting Arlong in the sense that he he never actually feels cornered. I, I mean, he is definitely on his back foot throughout most of the fight, but there's just this sort of lacking of dramatic tension that seems to be present in all other future fights. And Oda would go on to correct this in a major way from here on out. I mean, yeah, I yeah, I'm not going to talk about any of the future fights, but trust me, the boss fights later on, oh my god, they get so good. But Arlong being the first one and how good this everything else about this arc is, I just find it kind of a letdown that the Luffy versus Arlong fight is a little bit boring. Now, like I mentioned earlier, the comedy and the characters around him and all the stakes that have been built up still make this fight very entertaining to watch. But I just feel like it could have been so much more. The other thing that has been really lacking is the animation quality in these last few episodes. And it particularly gets bad in episode 42 just as the Luffy versus Arlong fight begins. And it's hard to ignore. The animation just looks really flat. The shadows and shading looks almost non-existent. And so it creates this really bland looking scenes. And not to mention the weird character models and the and the bad proportions. This may be my own opinion, but the proportions in the models look really off in this episode. They sometimes look really squished or really elongated or the line work looks really sloppy or unrefined. And this seems to be really apparent with Arlong. He just looks weird in many of the scenes in episode 42. And that may just be a result of the animators not being used to drawing Arlong because he's such a different character compared to everybody else. And lastly, the animation itself is so boring and seems lazy here. If you really look at this fight, it's just a bunch of still images with some screen warping effects overlaid and... 
or it's just a bare minimum of facial animation, but there's no dynamic camera movements or fluid motion. It all looks so boring. At that point, you'll have a better experience just reading the manga if you're just going to look at still images. I understand that being a weekly series and the crunch it takes to push out an episode on a weekly basis is difficult and time consuming, but I really wish One Piece would just take more breaks or had been established as a season-based series to get better animation from the animators, but Toei is just known for kind of cutting corners and trying to pump out episodes as quickly and cheaply as possible. I won't go as far as to say it's unwatchable because it's far from that, but it still is noticeable enough to be a distraction for me personally. Either way, it's still fun to watch and it... And it doesn't take away from the overall enjoyment. But with that, in closing, we are getting close to the climax of this battle against Arlong and his crew. We've seen some incredible 1v1 fights between each of the crew members with some tense and emotional moments and some amazing comedic moments weaved in throughout these episodes. While the Luffy versus Arlong fight so far is a bit of a letdown and the animation quality has dipped a bit, nothing still takes away from the amazing overall storytelling and I cannot wait to explore the finale of this fight in the next few episodes. And with that, we are going to come to a close for this episode. If you enjoyed this, send me a like or a comment, please. And if you want to join me on this journey of rewatching One Piece, please consider subscribing. Check out my Instagram and Twitter account at Podcast if you want updates of when new episodes get up. Or if you want to see some pictures of my manga collection, also check those out as well. And as always, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast. I'm going to have a kind of a spoiler section, not really, but I will mention something (laughs) that I wanted to talk about. But anyways, if you do not want to stay for the spoiler section, I will see you on the next episode. Bye. So, not really much of a spoiler section, but I do want to mention the laughs. You know, we got the sha-ha-ha-ha with Arlong, but some of the other better ones I want to talk about are Whitebeard's or Caesar's or um, Foxy's or another one of my favorites is Haigwar D. Saul's It's always really cute when Robin tries to imitate that as a little kid. The NL is another one that I really like. The yeah, <laughs> and then of course, how could we forget our resident musician Brooks laugh, which is iconic at this moment. The yo, <laughs> as well as crocodiles. I mean, his is just a normal ha ha ha, but the way he says it, the ha ah 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 ah, it's just so funny yet so intimidating at the same time. And then probably by far my favorite laugh is Blackbeard, who's quite honestly, I think is going to be the main boss of the series. But Blackbeard's laugh is amazing with a z. <laughs> like, I don't do it justice, but I love that laugh. I mean, there's like way more laughs. I mean, I think uh, Broggy's laugh, what was his bro- Broggy's laugh is like or something like that. And that one's always funny too. But there's, I think like, there's gotta be like a hundred of them now with these like distinct, like over the top laughs. But they're always fun when when a new one gets introduced in the manga and then imagining what it would sound like in the anime. And then once the anime interprets it, it gets even better most of the time. So yeah, the laughs, I really love those things. Anyways, not really much of a spoiler section, but 
just wanted to point out some of my favorite over-the-top laughs in One Piece. But yeah, thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. See ya.